0: Right, so it's another episode of what do i do now season two um this is episode six already we are running through these but today's guest is someone whom i've not met in the physical but i feel like this is like a close family member damn there. um from off twitter again and i want to say i've probably known this person for the better part of two years almost if i'm not mistaken
1: something like that yes yes
0: Yeah, so today i have the pleasure and the honor to speak with Morgan Brown, how are you doing this evening?
1: We're doing good. We're doing good. How are you doing, Sam?
0: I'm good. I'm great. And I'm excited that you, you know, took me on this offer to speak on this platform. Now, the entire premise of what do I do now came from like I got all this time. I need to do something with it. And I'd always wanted to do a podcast, but just didn't know how I was going to get through this. But um it's taken a few leaps and bounds and twists and turns, but I can't possibly think of anything else bigger in the pandemic that happened to certain people outside of becoming pregnant, you know, sharing life <laughs> and bearing life. And I, that's what today's episode is really going to be centered around, your entire process of, you know, hunching that turned into your beautiful baby girl. So <laughs> yes. how do we get to, oh, snap? I think I'm pregnant. How do we get there?
1: Um well the story is kind of interesting. So around my birthday my birthday is November 18th, I was supposed to go get a tattoo. And for anybody who gets tattoos, they know that you cannot be pregnant if you want to get a tattoo. Well, my child's father, he was saying I had this glow and he was like, you know, you need to take a pregnancy test. And I kept saying no. Um, The reason why I kept saying no is a lot of young women, we deal with irregular cycles and heavy bleeding. So I just thought in this case, I just missed a cycle. And so um, I go again, I get the test because on November 21st, I was supposed to go get a tattoo. And when I took the test, I found out that I was pregnant. So that was pretty much how it happened. It just happened so quick because it was just my birthday. Um, I was just celebrating. And then immediately I found out that, you know, I was pregnant.
0: So it wasn't even like you personally wanting to get this pregnancy test. It was your child's father that was like, hey, you know what? You you need to get checked out.
1: Yes. So he was actually taking me for my birthday gift to go get a new tattoo. So I have like three tattoos. I was about to get one on my back in memorial of my grandmother. And so, but he was like, you know, I'm not really, you know, okay with you getting a tattoo and you missed your period. So he had encouraged me to go get a pregnancy test. And then I took it only because he asked. So it,
0: it definitely wasn't anywhere near your side of mind. Yeah. Sometimes you get the gift of just like, all right, I'ma chill out on you this month. But this one was, hey, you got some a bundle of joy on the way.
1: Literally. And I wasn't I wasn't even thinking that. I was thinking, you know, oh, I've just been having a rough few months. I was doing a lot with work and traveling. So I just thought my body was tired. But no, it was really that my body was, you know, creating another being.
0: Gotcha. So Explain to me when you got the test at home, you pee on the stick, I'm assuming, mm-hmm. and you're waiting for those results. And you're just like, for you, just like, this is just for you, I'm doing it so you ain't got to ask me no more about to go get this tattoo, and then you get pregnant yes. on the stick. What yeah. is the first
1: thing that happens for you? My legs went out like I literally was like I I almost fainted because I was like, "Mm." okay. so a little background about me is I've gotten told by doctors that I could not have a natural pregnancy. I was told that I had to do IVF. I was told I had to do in vitro. I, you know, I was told that I had to do so many different things to get pregnant. So when I, I took the test and it said I was pregnant, I was in complete disbelief because for two years prior, I was told everything but a natural conception. So when I found out that I was pregnant, I, I really became uh, weak. I, I lost my balance and I almost fell. And he caught me in that moment.
0: Wow. that's So this is even deeper than just more so being like, okay, I'm about to be a mother. It's like everything that you had been told prior, just like this was going to need so much of this and you got to go this route and that.
1: Wow. Yeah. So I always, I refer her as my miracle baby because I was told by so many different doctors, other information. And just for me to have a healthy baby girl on the flip, I'm just like, you know, God is amazing because there's no possible way that a doctor had told me that I had a bicorneous uterus, septated uterus. I was going to have, you know, so many different types of issues. And here we are.
0: All right, so you threw out these terms that I don't know, maybe the listening audience doesn't know what
1: type of uterus they said you were
0: going to have or potentially could have.
1: A septated uterus is like when you have extra tissue in your uterine wall, and then it's hard for pretty much like the, the egg to attach. And so normally sometimes you have to have surgery to correct it. And so they were actually encouraging me to have a surgery on my uterus, like sometime this year, if I wanted to actually have a natural conception Whole time, I mean, <laughs> it happened naturally without having to go through any hoops or bounds.
0: So, you are now seeing a doctor, you are now getting on the pregnancy plan, and what the anticipated date of birth is going to be, and having to start to plan for this new life you're about to bring into the world. What's that like for you in those first trimesters? Because you were almost all the way out when you first found out you were pregnant.
1: It was uh, very difficult because, on the flip side, I am an engineer so i travel a lot for work you know i work 45 to 55 hours a week so like you know just trying to grasp the concept that i have a being growing inside of me still trying to perform well in you know, and work and still, you know, be what I need to be outside of work. I mean, it just, it was, it was very heavy. My first trimester was hard. A lot of people didn't know I was pregnant. I didn't share it because I, you know, I wanted to get to week 13 before I could be like, I have a baby on the way because I just knew I had a stressful life. And so like, I mean, it was just a lot of emotions. My first trimester, I didn't really get to enjoy it because it was just like, I was just going so hard, especially like in my work life that I just, it just flew past me. But I mean, by the time I found out, I was nine weeks. So I mean, it was only like five-ish weeks left in my first trimester before we were already in our second trimester.
0: All right. So during this second trimester, you know, finally getting past that 13th week where I understand where people don't want to go too far into sharing your personal life. Cause again, that's still a very, all the time, especially with those that may have complications, health conditions, whatever the case may be. But moving into that second trimester, when you finally started telling people, how was the reception? How'd you tell your parents that they were expecting that they were gonna be grandparents?
1: Everybody was very excited because a lot of my family members and people close to me knew all the negative reports I had received from doctors. So, I mean, for them, they were trying to keep me as non-stressed as possible because, you know, they wanted me to just, you know, carry Melody safely. But during the second trimester, I actually found out that, Melody was considered an IUGR baby, which means that she has growth restrictions. So um, I really went through a lot in the past, I guess you would say 10 months, because at week 20, they do your anatomy ultrasound, and that's when you find out you're having a girl or a boy Well, I found that at week 22, that her stomach was too small. And so after week 22, I was going to the doctor every week because they were tracking her growth because it was either her stomach wasn't growing how it should be. I was going to have her at 37 weeks and not be able to carry her full term. So... I guess trimester two, it was good until like middle when I found out this information. And then I was trying really hard not to stress. I didn't share this information with a lot of individuals either because I didn't want sympathy. You know, I didn't want people to console me in the wrong way. So I kind of just kept it close to heart. And I only showed the beautiful light of pregnancy because people talk about. Pregnant situations um, so badly, especially on social media. You know, I see that people always say, fuck them kids. Excuse my language, Sam. No, um, run it off.
0: Run it off. This is the avenue where you can literally say exactly how you feel.
1: So, oh, yeah. I, okay, I get it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You know, so they say that. And I'm just like, you know, let me not even add to this whole scenario that they have of pregnancy and how it's not a beautiful thing. Because, I mean, bringing life into this world is probably one of the most beautiful things that anybody could ever do. And so I just wanted to just show. bright side of it so that's why i really i never really bashed it Um, i never really talked negatively about my pregnancy because the world is not as forgiving as others so i just i kind of like held a lot closely to my heart
0: and protecting your boundaries had to have been essential just because of everything of course that we see in the media being in well i'm in my early 30s now and i know how i felt. Back in my late 20s, I'm just like, ain't no one thinking about all that. Ain't no one trying to be responsible. We just trying to live. And it's like, I definitely understand the boundary you are protecting yourself and for those really around you to make sure that you have the right energy coming in your direction.
1: Right, right. Right. And so that was one thing that definitely have to practice that. Like just protecting yourself, your mind, because it's a trying time. You're going through these different emotions. And I mean, on top of all of that, I'm still just trying to perform like to the best of my ability at work. So, I mean, it could really just be difficult. And just being a light is one thing that I kept stressing because no matter what you're going through somebody's always looking at you they're looking at your situation they're looking how you're handling things and you I mean you just have to show the brightness because that's what somebody else may need to see even if sometimes you don't feel it within yourself
0: so you're an engineer very demanding field and occupation But how did they react to you being pregnant? Because I know some jobs really are just like, hey, we need you for this. And was it really a supportive environment or was it something that you almost had to start setting boundaries with that because you weren't trying to continue to engage in high stress situations that could hinder your progress in your pregnancy?
1: So um, that was definitely a huge issue when I first, I guess, found out that I was pregnant and I told my manager because he wasn't as receptive. It was more so like, oh really? You're getting pregnant now? I work in an all-male dominated field. And most of them, they already have their kids. I'm actually the youngest one in my working group. I'm like 28. The next youngest person is like 36. So, you know, that was very hard. Like, I mean, I, I worked through Morning sickness and not feeling well. I mean, I really never took any days off. Like, I mean, I, I always gave 110% regardless of how I was personally feeling. So, I mean, just work. I feel like being a woman in high demand fields and being pregnant is difficult because they don't understand that your body is going through changes and you don't feel good, but they still expect you to exert the same amount of energy and also a certain level of production within your work environment all right so i kind of want to
0: add another layer into that and because i know
1: like my best friend actually works in IT, so i
0: mm-hmm. know like how non-diverse it can be at times so was it anything that you think that you being a black woman in that field also adds to that or do you work in a diverse team where that's really not too much of a barrier or a hindrance
1: no yeah it's definitely a hindrance for me um i am the only female and the only african-american or black person in my working group so I mean, we do have people that come from different countries. I work with somebody from Romania, Germany, Mexico, but I am the only black person and the only woman. So I feel like I have like a double adversities to overcome because I mean, for them, I mean, they're just men. And for me, I mean, I have being a black woman on my back every day. So sometimes it is a little more, more strenuous.
0: All right. So caring that black woman that you are into every room that you're in and now that you're pregnant, do you think that the way they are handling you being a mother now has changed anything? Do you think it's potentially helped situations? Because I know some people actually do grow when you know, a child's brought into it and hopefully your team has accepted that part. Like you're not accessible as much because I've got a child I'm trying to raise now. It's not, you know, the mm-hmm. the life change that has occurred you know, is going to maneuver your availability. So do you think it's progressed in the right way since you announced your pregnancy and ultimately getting your daughter Melody here? Or do you think it's like stayed the same? Or do you possibly think it's even worse?
1: So actually, currently I'm in the process of changing jobs within my company because it just had gotten very out of hand while I was working. So before I went on maternity leave, because what they were requiring of me I felt like they weren't being considerate of, you know, just the transformation that I was going through in life. And so, I mean, I was still traveling <laughs> in the early part of my pregnancy, even in my second trimester, I was still traveling. I mean, I just, I did, I overexerted myself for work and I felt like they didn't understand that me being a mother or becoming a mother was first. And so, um, you know, I actually have a, great rapport with our plant manager. And actually my plant manager is in the process of helping me move into another area within our company. So, I mean, it's actually been a blessing in disguise because I would have never reached out if I wasn't treated a certain way. And I just felt like, you know, the way that they handled me over the past nine and 10 months, it kind of led to me actually wanting to work in a different sector.
0: All right. So the pandemic has changed a lot of people's work lifestyles and things of that nature. So were you in the office? And then, of course, a lot of people got turned remotely or were you still actually still going into an office?
1: I was doing both. So because I'm on call a lot and when we have machines that go down, I have to go and do like some software changes. I was in and out of the office. So imagine me like wobbling around a plant. Uh, It was definitely uh, an an adventure, but I will say it was very strenuous it was very difficult especially with wearing masks and your breathing is already changing because you need more oxygen and such it was just it took a toll after a while so I mean with my company we've always been working like still at the plant because manufacturing still needs production to go
0: all right now let's cross over into that final trimester and you know you've have you had the baby shower yet? Have you had all like the bells and whistles of becoming a first-time mom yet?
1: Yes. So I had a virtual baby shower. I had a drive through baby shower. I had a sit-down family baby shower. I received every possible thing a baby could need. So people always ask, what do you need? And I'm like, nothing. There's really nothing because I've received so many things because... I'm a strong believer of the type of person you are people will bless you just be based off of your heart. And so like I we received everything off of every registry. Like even now people are like what do you need? Pampers. Pampers is always great. So I did get to experience that. We did have like COVID restrictions, you know, I had to wear a mask. I still got to take my maternity photos and then even like right before I gave birth, I had to quarantine. Before I gave birth, so I didn't have to wear a mask. And then, you know, like now that we're home, we're still practicing like social distancing. I have the at-home COVID test. So when somebody comes and visits, I have to swab them first. Because, you know, I take the health and safety of my child very seriously, especially with this Delta variant out.
0: Now, let's go to the delivery date and what that was like. Because it seems like everything you've done has been... To the T, by the books, because of course this pandemic is no joke at all, and I'm actually glad you brought the Delta variant. But give me the day of you going into the hospital after quarantine, and it's time to you know have your daughter Melody.
1: So we had a scheduled induction because we were still having issues with my pregnancy towards the end. So they didn't want me to go to 40 weeks. 39 weeks was my cap. So Jordan and I, we get to the hospital at 12 o'clock in the morning and they start my induction at 12 or 5 a.m. So, you know, they give me my IV, they hook me up, everything. And then now they're trying to get me to dilate. I was zero centimeters dilated when I walked into the hospital last Friday. And it took all day for me to dilate to be able to have her. So, you know, they had me in all these different positions, gave me different types of medicine, Pitocin. I actually did get an epidural because by the end, the cramps or the contractions were so strenuous. They hurt so bad. Um, After they broke my water, I definitely needed it. But when it was time to give birth, they actually turn the epidural off because you need to be able to feel your bottom half so you can push. So it took, I think, if I'm not mistaken, it took um, almost about 24 hours for me to dilate. But once I was in active labor, it took me nine minutes. I pushed Melody out in nine minutes. Like literally, they were still setting up the room. And I told my doctor, I said, I need to push. And she said, what? And I said, like, Melody is coming. Like, I can feel her head. I need to push. And so like, literally, that's how... She started coming and nine minutes later I had my baby laying on my chest. It was a great uh opportunity, I I should say.
0: So less time than a Super Bowl commercials like sweep and your daughter's in your arms. Yes. yes. What is the first emotional thing you tell your daughter?
1: The first thing I say is my baby. The, like like literally that's all oh, like i like to get out was my baby. And actually she's crying right now. All all I could say was my baby because like, it was just like in that moment, I couldn't believe that like, I I had a child. I, I birthed her. She came out of me. Like, this is literally like me in the flesh. And so like, I just, I just felt like just love. I could just tell that in this moment, it was all worth it. I mean, like just her, her birth, every complication, it was, um, it was worth it. All
0: right, if you need to go get her right now, you, we can put a pause no, on this. We, no, it her dad, like,
1: her grandmother are actually out there. She's with, she's with them. Oh, so, she's she's covered right now. Like all the family you know, is
0: definitely yes. loving on Miss melody. I will I, say
1: yes. I'm I'm grateful because she's definitely been taken care of. Like, I mean, they they definitely try to get me to get some sleep, but I can't rest. It's hard to rest because. I want, I want to see her. Like, I, I want to see her every moment. Because like, when you have such a blessing and such a miracle, it's just like, I can't believe it's true. And a week later, it's like, this is my baby? Like, really? But you know, I really haven't posted her on Twitter. Twitter is a weird place. People can be weird. They can be spiteful. They can be mean. And if they talk about my child, that's, it's up and stuck. So, you know, I kind of just do like, you know, little body photos. I kind of cut the side of her face out you know what I'm saying like I don't do any of that but I know there are a lot of people who have been rooting for me and they have been encouraging me this entire time so you know I do send a little photo here and there to some of the people that I know who are genuine folks but um as far as for the masses Mm -hmm. I, I try to keep everything at a high level and
0: I think you should, especially as a parent and protecting, you know, your privacy, you know, even from the moment you finally were pregnant, even now. And I think, of course, the internet is a great place, but it also can get scary and dangerous with certain aspects. So doing that is something I think most people would actually understand. And what you have said and what you in time will share with the world, like this is, I've told you before, this is the timeline niece and I'm here to root for her, whatever she wants to do, and whatever she wants to be. And I think that's, you know, just another form of, you know, self-care that's just like, I don't have time to even debate or argue with the foolishness, but for those that are on my team, the ones that are in my tribe, the ones that are in my community, I wanna make sure that, you know, she's surrounded by the right atmosphere and I think and that's important. I appreciate that. Important.
1: But the, you know because I mean that that means that you're a genuine person because there are a lot of people who aren't genuine that you kind of just want to know what you're doing they want to know about your personal business but they never want to you know like really encourage mold motivate you know um, everything is more so I, they just want to be in the know and so I do appreciate that Sam.
0: It's always been love there's a you know a great core people that you know you find in life whether it be just through virtually whether it be in person that you just hey this type of energy I'm with I'm behind I'm going to support and I'm really posting on the time I'm like girl you pregnant you been hunching? oh my no, god i like go for it day. go for it like i'm here for it everybody else can get pregnant i'm not ready yet i want y'all to have a babies. and i'm going to be the coolest <laughs> uncle ever i can handle that. i can handle that but me being a dad right now yeah it's it's yeah different. we got
1: it's different because I, I kind of like I was hinting at it for probably about like two months. But uh, unless you like really pay attention to things I say, it would have just been, it would have just looked like wordplay. But like I know one day I was just like, um, um, what does it take to be a MILF or something like that? Like I say, I say very, th- I say off the wall things like that. And somebody was just like, oh, that's why you were asking. I was like, yeah, I wanted to know if I would qualify to be one. You know, like, I mean, but I was hinting at it probably for, yeah, close to two months. And then the day that I said it, I think everybody must have been on the timeline at the same time because it was like, like or, um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And I was like, yeah, but I had just done the silhouette challenge. So they were like, how? I'm just like, <laughs> and one thing I keep saying is like, Melody has been good to me. Like, I just posted a 10 day difference photo. And like, I was big preg. That's what I was calling myself, Big Craig. I was Big (laughs) Craig like 10 days ago, and, like, now I have no stomach, no nothing. Like, it's flat, like, flat, flat, you know? So I I said my daughter has been good to me, okay?
0: So you are basically the Sierra on my timeline because you just, like, the snapback definitely
1: was present. I kept kept saying, I kept saying, y'all, the snapback. But people was like, why do you keep talking about snapback? Like, literally, I had her on uh, July 3rd at 12.51 a.m., I didn't get to look at myself in the mirror after I had her. But that afternoon they took me to take a bath and I went in front of a mirror and I was like, is this me? And the lady was like, yeah, like, this is you. Like once the fluid was gone, the baby was gone, the placenta was gone. She was like, there was nothing there. You didn't gain no weight. I actually lost weight from just the amount of stress during pregnancy. So like on the flip side, I mean, I yeah, I'm definitely like 30 pounds smaller than I was last year
0: shut your mouth a whole pandemic pregnancy and you don't come out on the other side yes. looking like a whole before
1: literally literally
0: i'm not mad at it shot melody whenever you hear this your mama was fine before and she got <laughs> fine afterwards that is look at god won't he do it uh, won't, he? <laughs> won't he? he all right
1: i mean i'm grateful but i am grateful she's a blessing i mean you know, I, I know you say like some people, they're not ready for children and I respect that, you know, like we just have to know, you know, just something that we can take on Is this a task. And I, and I understand why a lot of young people, they struggle with being young parents because if you don't have that support and you don't have, um, that village, um, it's difficult because them sleepless nights, they, they start adding up easily. Like, I think I've probably slept maybe like 15 hours in the past week, but I mean, just from having my mom and my aunts, them cooking and helping me with things like i mean it it really has helped with just my whole transition
0: all right so one thing i definitely noticed on the timeline i want to say if it was yesterday the day before is you were telling me or telling the world really that you cannot wait for your brothers to hold your daughter explain how that's going to be when that happens like is this their first you know is this the first baby in the mix or is this their first time being the uncles
1: Correct. So my older brother has two daughters, but I'm the only girl. So I'm the only girl. To have two oh. daughters. And so I mean, just me being pregnant was a lot for them. They were just like my sister, my sister, you know, but then like now it's just like to have a miniature me. They're definitely very excited for that. And so, you know, just for my brothers to hold my child, my older brother, this will be his first time becoming an uncle. Um, My younger brother, this will be his third niece. So, you know, but I mean, just on both sides, I mean, I just, I love my brother. So just for them to be able to hold my child, it means a lot to me.
0: And apparently the family is incredibly large for you and big for you you and your daughter's father. Explain to me the love that you got to see when you got to place your daughter in your parents' hands and his parents' hands. How was that experience?
1: Okay, so into my parents' hands, it was a, like a moment that I'd been waiting for forever. Because, you know, I had seen my brother and him with my nieces and my parents. But for this to be my own child, with my mother especially, it was like that's a direct lineage. So for me, that was a very momentous occasion because it was just like literally my mother's seed. Because like I came from my mother, Melody came from me. So that was... moment that I, i always talk about i'm so grateful for my mom because she like she she helps in ways that i can't even explain especially with my dad i'm a daddy's girl so like him holding my daughter i mean just to see that love he calls her his brown bear his little melody uh so i mean i just i mean i love that i mean on the other side i'm pretty sure you know jordan and his parents they were very excited you know they they have six grandkids already so this is their seventh so i mean i'm pretty sure they're just as excited but i know for him to become a dad i mean he's very excited like this is his first child i mean he loves her i'm like he loves her like a love i've never seen before so i i mean i know that my child's father i mean absolutely adores his daughter um, so you know i appreciate it you know he and i we've been together a long time like 12 years so it's just a beautiful thing a beautiful sight
0: and I think that's gonna do it. I think you literally said everything you could possibly say about this pregnancy during a pandemic. Um, I I guess. Well, actually, one more question: Would mm-hmm. you do it again? Are you ready to run this thing back?
1: Gotta give me some time. Okay. I need, I need okay. To give me some time. I will say because I think also because we're in the middle of a pandemic, and I feel like. Now that outside is kind of opening up, I do miss it, you know, and I'm not saying like I miss the nightlife, I miss being wild, but I actually miss like getting to be outside. I have been secluded since November. So, mm. you know, that's that's a long time to just be inside homes. Like at first I'd live with my parents and then we bought a house. And so I'm just ready to be like, oh, let's go to the beach, let's go to the pool. So, you know, those type of things. So I, I kind of need a break. I'm not ready to be inside for another nine to 10 months.
0: That's fair. And I hope that you and Melody and her father are able to enjoy it safely outside when you feel comfortable enough to bring her out. Again, thank you for doing this. This has been an incredible insight into what it was like to be pregnant during the pandemic and Sorry. how can they possibly reach out to you if it's a young mother, you know, that wants to... Talk to someone that's yes. gone through what's gone through. How can they reach you?
1: Okay. I think my Twitter handle is simply morgues underscore. You're more than welcome to like reach out to me there or Instagram is very similar. It's simply morg underscore. So I try to use the same name, but I don't mind giving any type of advice or guidance. We're here to help one another.
0: And the love will continue to shine and thrive. Thank you for your time. Thank you for listening to the What Do I Do Now podcast. Again, it's streaming now in eight countries. Shout out to Puerto Rico and Jamaica for just joining on. I don't know who is listening from over there, but I appreciate your listenership. Again, subscribe via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor, wherever you are consuming this. Just press the subscribe button. And I will be back next Monday with another episode of What Do I Do Now?